0: Welcome to the Huffing Spirit Podcast, where we take
1: you from the sacred to the profane, from the serious to the silly, from the outer to the inner, and from the guru back to you. Join your playful podcast guides, Alex Hindley and Natalie Dick, as they bring you back to a grounded and more authentic approach to spirituality. Welcome back to the Huffing Spirit Podcast. We have... An amazing guest. I'm going to let Alex introduce to us today.
2: Yes, I'm uh, very excited if you guys can't tell. We're talking with Tony Holmes, AKA The Love Warrior. Tony is a pleasure activist, facilitator, shamanic practitioner, DEI consultant, yoga therapist, DACA mediator, and officiant. His mission is to help bring humanity back into balance. And he facilitates HAI workshops for diversity training and the NOVA Collective, which is a global woman black queer owned consulting firm and Tony's specialization is in shamanic massage and ceremony he's also founded the society for healing arts institutes loves connecting in play and vulnerability i've personally seen him work he's amazing and a marvel to watch he's an amazing father brother space holder he's someone i achieve or admire and respect and truly is doing the work in love and uh to connect you both natalie and tony you both are the ones I reached out to when I realized I went to a massage parlor and not a massage therapist. Oh! <laughs> you were both were the were like you one hundred percent went to a massage
1: parlor. Yeah, you went to the wrong place.
2: <laughs>
1: you didn't. You didn't go to a place like Tony's.
3: <laughs> no, I did not. It's a different therapy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Tony, we that that was an incredible intro, Alex, and thank you. You know. I have to say, um, I I've been to you personally, Tony, I've had a session in your studio in, uh, Evanston, correct? Um, yeah. Yep. And it, it was truly remarkable. Like you're, you're so gifted. So we, we kind of want to turn it over to you and, um, let you kind of dive into who Tony Holmes is.
3: Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was born a small black child. (laughs) No, I I, I was really, thank you, Alex, for the introduction. And thank you, Natalie. I'm Mm -hmm. honored to to be talking with you both. And I have to say that when I first, I heard your first couple of episodes of this podcast, and I was really, uh, I want to say shook, (laughs) in the sense that you were asking all of the great and hard questions and the questions that, like, I have to ask myself, as a practitioner to make sure that I'm staying in in alignment, you know with who I say I am. And um, those kinds of questions are you know are are the the, the the grist of it, the practice, I think, for me. And so in long long story short, um, <laughs> I would say I'm a person who's experienced pain, trauma, uh, some brokenness and the things that have been healing for me are the things that I'm also wanting to offer and I believe that can be true for that's my it's my belief that it can be true for everyone that like our wounds as we heal can be like antenna to draw others toward us as we can so we can heal together in um, in a certain uh, an intimacy that goes beyond words.
1: Wow, yeah, and I love that you said that because it's like our wounds are the radar for others.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: mm-hmm
1: i first heard that from our from the infamous Kurt.
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and and i i can definitely relate to that that wounding and that trauma i think we've all got variations of um what we've all been through and can you talk a little bit more about how that has shown up in your in your work
3: Sure. Um, Well, I would just say like, you know, for people who are like wondering, like, what does that mean? Like our wounds are the radar for others. So personally, when I was going through a divorce, it was one of the hardest times of my life. And um, when the topic came up, I would notice like an internal feeling that I would have. And but I could also feel in the room, other people who have been affected by divorce without them raising their hand and going, Oh, me too. I've had that experience or some a similar experience, because you can sometimes you can just feel it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I mean by, you know, uh, partly what I mean by the the that um, uh, radar, that frequency that we emit and, and can connect on and I think I just lost my train of thought. That's okay.
2: Tony, when did you know that, like, you were different and that you kind of had the abilities that you do have?
3: Well, it—I've always been uh, a Scorpio, so attracted to love, sex, and death. And... Oh, I love that. <laughs> love,
1: sex, and death.
2: <laughs> right? I mean, what, else, what else is there besides
3: <laughs> Yeah, love, sex, death, and taxes. Um, you know um i think i kind of ran away from it for a long time um i i have been attracted i mean I it, the funny thing is, is i grew up in a house in grand rapids michigan um yeah yeah and, yeah. and um in the furnace room of the basement there were some books from mm, early 19th century or early uh 1900s uh uh that were old witchcraft books and I was like yeah I know and like this house that was built in the 50s and me as a six-year-old kind of like reading these things and like oh like so I always I always had sort of a magical thinking that Hmm. I I believed for a long time I mean and it kind of moved through and I and I kind of moved into fantasy and like thinking I was a superhero and believing that and and then as and then forgetting
2: and then believing and then
3: forget exactly yeah yeah (laughs) exactly there was um and then feeling being drawn to the intuitive um and whether it was like oh we're going to learn about esp or you know uh some of these things like dabbling but then i as a 19 year old who had gotten frustrated with high school i dropped out of high school as a senior um took a year off and tested in the college but in that in-between year i was um trying to study all of the things that were hidden and so i was kind of doing a little dive into uh, into the occult and uh started to have some experiences in you know some phenomena that were scary to, uh to me um and that was one of the first real like uh existential like who am I and where am I, am I going to hell? Like those kinds of things were, were big. And, um, it was through spirituality that some of that, that began to heal. And it was my, my foundational religious practice was, um, non denominational. Well, it was Baptist Christian and then non-denominational Christian. And I still hold, um, Christ as a teacher and, um, and I don't want to go go off track here too much, but really um, found that there was some value in New Age and um, started to incorporate some of these things in. And so, even as I was calling myself a Christian and having these some more intuitive experiences that were coming forward, I was like, okay, well, if I'm meant to have these, let's let me you know use them in the best way and um, and. The quick little, you know, funny story was my first job in Chicago. When I came to Columbia College, um, there was an ad in the Reader for phone uh, psychic, and I applied
2: for it.
1: Oh my god, this is amazing! I love it. <laughs> keep going. keep going. I love it.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's so trip. much that
2: I don't know about you, and I can't wait to find out, Tony.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I can yammer on, and <laughs> so. Um, keep going all right well they so they called me and they're like okay we're gonna test you have you ever given readings before and i was like no but i can feel people's emotions and if i feel into them i can kind of tell where they're coming from and very much with that same kind of question mark where they're coming from (laughs) you know like like not knowing really really but feeling into it and the the,
2: the guy who was running a phone psychic hotline is asking tough hitting questions of where your psychic abilities <laughs> yeah. are coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like he, he's got the gotcha. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: those fake ones, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're right. And so he's like, okay, well, give me a reading. And um, it was this company out of Arizona, and and uh, it was big in the when the nine hundred psychic line was like big at the time. And um, I was like, okay, well, tell me your full name three times and then tell me the first color that pops in your head and he did and the first images that came into my mind were seeing uh, a hand with a scar across it and he's like which hand and I was like I was like it's the left no the right he's like okay and he's like what else and I saw like a hawk's head and I saw some other things I was feeling into his own Mm, questioning his, his own like career choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he said, well, uh, when I was 10, I fell out of a tree and my right arm is shorter than my left. And um, the hawk is my spirit guide. And he's like, you're, you're pretty accurate, but you were not sure enough. So I'm not going to pass you right now. I'm going to suggest that you read the book Dianetics and then we'll call you in a month. And I was like, okay and i got off the phone and i was like i'm not gonna freaking read dianetics and because i just was you know that's the inner rebel in me i was like no and so don't tell me what to do <laughs> exactly yeah yeah as our friend and mentor Kurt hill knows all too well <laughs> but um a friend of mine said well tony why don't you pray to your guardian angels to connect with their other person's guardian angels and let only the best the the things that need to come through come through and i was like okay i'll try that and the company called me again and it was a woman on the phone this time and they're like are you ready for your reading and so i went into it and connected with uh her sister who um long story short um uh tuned into the fact that she was at home taking care of their aging mother and their sister was uh traveling and and so she passed me, I took some calls for a while and I was like still feeling in. Like one of the first calls I got was, oh well, I'm getting sentenced tomorrow. What's the judge gonna say? And I was like, I, I can't tell you what the judge is gonna say. And we can talk definitive? about, what's that? Like the
1: finite definitive answers that people have Yeah, like, oh, look, the black or yeah. white, not, yeah. and that, that's so hard to, when you're tapping into intuition, it, there's a lot of gray.
2: Yeah. You could be like, look, I'm getting a sense of guilt. It's I can't tell if it's non-guilty or just guilt guilty.
3: <laughs> right, right. I see you in a courtroom. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, and I was like, I can talk to you about why you're getting sentenced, but and they're like, okay, thanks, click. And, you know, which I understand at three ninety nine a minute. You know, why waste time? And then I got a call from this person who was going to the New Orleans Jazz Fest and was wondering if she was going to get her. Bonus payout in time, and was going on a date with this guy, and we we were talking, and it just popped out of my mouth. I was like, "It's for sixty one twenty seven or something like that." And she was like, "That's exactly the number!" Oh my gosh! And I surprised myself, like with just the number of the bonus popping out. Um, and I was like, "Okay, there's something here." And um, yeah, I so but I I did the phone psychic thing for a little while, and then
1: I love that. Yeah. I think if, right. if there was a phone psychic opportunity gifted to me in my 20s I would have jumped on it.
0: 100%. Sure. Cuz
1: I like same, same with me like I've always been very sensitive to energy and in tune with it and and I I do believe a lot of that does come from trauma and our our ability to always like kind of hyper vigilant in a way to 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 read a room or feel things in this mm-hmm. sexual, perceptual way. But yeah, I would have Love to dive I would have I would have
3: loved that
2: journey that would have been so fun. I would have I would have loved to have been a phone sex operator
3: <laughs> well it's not too late <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm gonna get the off this podcast movie. right now
3: yeah <laughs> Alex's new
1: new um adventure is phone sex
2: operator <laughs> what, what are you
3: wearing Alex Yeah. <laughs> I'm just
2: kidding. I got some hairs <laughs> in my jeans Tony you two at least figure out where they are <laughs>
3: both pant legs.
2: Yeah, you're good.
3: (laughs) Phone psychic. Um, Phone psychic,
1: coming Uh, in hot. Phone psychic, coming in hot. hot. (laughs)
3: Uh,
1: I love it. So, Tony, what, and so, after the phone psychic journey, how did you kind of stumble, I mean, I know it's a probably a long story of how you accumulated all these different modalities and experiences. What, Did you ever get off track of that?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I was feeling the uh, spirituality and uh, also was an actor and waiter and I was uh, engaged to my wife at the time. And uh, we were going to yoga classes. And the yoga instructor was like, I think you can do this. And so uh, suggested I do their yoga teacher training. And I think that saved my life in some ways, because it was a practice of connecting to myself. And that mm. was, the yeah, and that was really um, one of the first, like, get in there because I was also like partying hard uh, doing lots of drinking and you know substances and I think I would have been careening a lot more without the yoga and then mm, I want to say a couple things real quick Uh, so as I became a yoga instructor I was invited to do the yoga portion of this retreat where they were doing yoga and drumming and trance um holotropic breathing and that's where i met uh kurt hill and michael taylor we all met for the first time um at this retreat and that was like in 98 and i saw kurt do some amazing healing like hands off like where he was standing behind this person sitting in the chair and He, the person's arm was hurting and he made a gesture over the person's arm while their eyes were closed. And it was like watching a marionette on a string, like moving this person's arm without touching it. And I was like, wow, I want to learn how to do what you're doing. And yeah, so that was the first little kind of inkling. And that was like really began to shape like, maybe I do have some, some, that this, this, this path is worth pursuing. And, um, And I met Bhagavan Das, uh, who is the person who uh, Ram Das or Richard Albert followed around in India. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was in Chicago doing readings at this place that no longer exists called Healing Earth Bookstore. And
2: um, was that Eric's bookshop?
3: No, it wasn't Eric's bookshop. It was uh, it was uh, but it was a. Kind of a big uh, emporium of new age, all things new age. And so he came in and um, in the reading, he said, I, You would be uh, a, a good Tantra instructor. And I was like, Really? And I was like, He's like, Yeah. And I was like, Okay, well, initiate me. And I still had, and he gave me a mantra and I would practice it, but I still had some <clears throat> religiosity from the Christian faith that was like, mm-hmm. Bouncing against that. So it was still kind of cooking in there. And then I really went off track when I was like, I got, had gotten married and I was like, I'm tired of being a starving artist. I want to make some money. And um, I got into real estate and the market, the bubble was happening and it was like booming. And so I went in, I was making money within a, a short amount of time. And, but yet I was working like 80 hours a week. And, um, I don't we could barely get email on our phones, but believe me, we had the latest like palm device or you know, uh, what was the Blackberry? The Blackberry. Uh, the, yeah. the the yeah. messenger. I
1: loved that when I was in corporate.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I felt so important, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and but I also told my wife, I was like, I'm not happy. I was happier as a starving artist. Mm. And then the market crashed and um, I went through my dark night of the soul and then all of the things that started to come together I started working more intently with Kurt. And um, he had started this group prior to APCT called the the Magical Eight and we would study phenomenology. APCT was still going on, but it was sort of like a, a, a small interest group of folks that would get together. And, and I started doing these high workshops on love, intimacy and sexuality when I was feeling broken and unlovable. And that helped me to mm, consider that uh, perhaps I am worthy of love and can can be my own companion through my life no matter what. So that's why I'm my own husband and I wear my own wedding band. I now. love
1: that. Awesome. I, and you. Know, I, and you I really relate to that because divorce. I mean, I, I've just recently, like not recently, but three years, been through a divorce and it was as best as it could be, but very isolating. Like yeah. and I love that because I think only now am I just starting to really anchor in and fully love myself. Like it's been it's a journey.
0: It, it is, is a
1: whole on journey of really getting grounded in yourself and comfortable with yourself and not needing anybody, but just mm. fully loving yourself. That's, it's, it's a trip.
3: It is. It trip. is. Yeah. Mm. It can shake down to the foundation of what, you know, like what's happening, <laughs> yes. you know, because we are told one, you know, it's supposed to look like this. And, it, and when it doesn't look like that, uh, there's it can naturally we can be like, well, what's wrong with me? And yeah. Yeah.
2: Why, why do you both be, as practitioners, why do you both feel that like that's a trap that we all fall into that we don't feel that we're deserving or can even begin to accept the love for ourselves mm. where do we Where do you guys think that it comes from? let you dig into this one, Tony Well,
3: I think it's like a couple of things. I think one is that we're told you know we we kind of have this idea of like how are you? I'm fine and <laughs> so there's everything's fine, and it's like this shiny sort of exterior, and we're encouraged to cultivate that um as we grow older and we begin to tamp down the things that feel messy the the emotions the 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 parts that aren't polished and so then we internalize the parts that aren't polished and or maybe exile you know those parts and keep the shiny parts until and it can be this real mm, dichotomy you know shiny on the Outside and rotten on feeling on the inside, um, and until we can empty that stuff out, uh, I think that opens the way for accepting and healing. What do you Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. And I think um, I think diving into the the deeper parts that are like you said them those messy, cringy parts of ourselves that we deem unlovable or that we want to fragment and put put in the side and just forget about, and we only want to Position the shiny parts of ourselves, like the good, that that's often what can be for me, what is represented in a relationship.
2: That that plays well with others' parts. Yeah. It's Mm. like,
1: how do I fit and look good in this template? Right. Here's this template of what's supposed to make me happy, but there's all of this stuff on the inside of me that's being neglected and tended to. And then when you get out of that relationship. You're left with the messy parts and and you have to go in yourself and recover them and love them and hold them. And that that for me has been a that's been a really beautiful journey because I've never really had true depth and intimacy with myself mm. or marriage.
3: Mm. So. I, yeah, I, I'm, I love that. And I'm also hearing like the often will will mm, exchange tending to those feelings in ourselves, those messy feelings Mm -hmm. in exchange for belonging. See, I belong, you know, I belong. I'm part of the tribe. I I deserve a seat around the fire. And yeah, and if I'm not around the fire, then that could mean death. 100%.
1: And it's it's in that, through divorce, in that isolation, which is the, I can say I, I have felt the depth of loneliness and isolation, especially during the pandemic. That, that was a, a, a very scary thing for me. I was like, I've never felt so alone, but it's in that in that loneliness and that darkness where you find those little specks of light eventually. For me, that was my journey, but it was I felt like being kicked at like leaving the marriage, but then I was kind of on the outside of society, right Like it, not connected is a big, big, big wound.
3: mm hmm Mhm. Mhm. Big fear. Um, it sounds like the you know the, the dark night of the soul, like yeah.
1: that was my like, dark night of the soul. I, I yeah. hear
3: that. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Do Do you feel like there's lots of dark nights of the souls, or is there only one that a human can experience?
3: <laughs> I feel like there are lots. I feel like there are yeah. lots. Yeah. Like I think sometimes, so Yeah. Sometimes people can have a. Can be working in a very you know um superficial strata of society and but their dark out of the soul is still an existential crisis like am i fit for this am i worthy of this um yeah and yeah i feel like those when when we do crack is when we can finally let go of all of the holding the failure and the i've tried so hard to do it right and you know all of those things and even though we may have can we, i don't know I, don't, I keep wanting to swear and i'm not I'm not you going to
2: swear so. on this podcast. oh okay you heard me talk a bunch i'm yeah. like the patron saint of profanity <laughs>
0: The yeah. podcast is
1: really about it. we go from the sacred to the profane. So go balls of the wall, swear all
0: I ball. love
1: it. I love <laughs> it.
3: So even though we may carry around these things that are like like I I fucked up, you know, I'm fucked up. Like we take on these identities, these personas, and then we begin to live them out. And until we hit that crap that you know, that wall or, or the the container of our life cracks, then all of that shit can like. <sighs> we can mm. just let it go and without even having to know what's next can then begin to be like oh well maybe i am worthy of, of at least being connected to or worthy of love or i'm i'm then vulnerable so then i can experience intimacy uh-huh. because without that vulnerability if i it's all just surfacey, um, you know the armor and the protecting ourselves and that it becomes transactional and we're never really connecting you know um and so that's i think one of the reasons why i'm drawn toward the shamey the cringy parts you know um nude yoga teaching nude yoga when i was going through my divorce was a big healing thing for me like wow i want to
0: hear about this
3: yeah
1: Yeah. okay tell us about that
3: sure it was uh well um i'd been teaching yoga i I had gone away from it with real estate and then as uh, the market was crashing and I was heading in toward my dark night of the soul, it's like, I need something. And, and one of my mentors who was a very strict, like prudish, like uh, disciplined yogi and also gay male, gay man was uh, holding these men's yoga classes. And he let me know, he's like, I'm thinking about doing these nude yoga classes and uh, I went to one for the first time, and oh wow, it was just being in the room where there was these soft pools of light, and people had their own space. But I could feel the—I'm trying to find the words of being able to being supported while being naked, feeling into my own masculinity. Um, one of the one of the um, uh, conflicts in my marriage. Um, was uh, around my sexuality. I'm, I'm, uh, I've am i been out as bisexual since I was 22. So that's over 30, 30 years now. Wow. Um, and my, my wife knew at the time, but it was still stuff that we were unpacking. And right. so being in this space where I could be naked, but not have any focus on being sexual or connecting with anyone else in the final relaxation, I felt this. It was the first time I'd had an emotional release where I felt like this ball of light kind of like moving in my chest. And as it opened, like tears just started running out of my eyes. And it was like a very healing thing. And I was like, okay, more of that.
1: Yeah, that's
2: beautiful. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. That's a profound experience that not everybody gets to have.
3: It was needed at the time because I felt like a dried out sponge. I had been trying so hard to do everything right, make the money, do the career surface 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 have the house have the things and um as that some of that that was i was going to say some of it all of it was going away uh and i was hitting that dark night it was like what what do i have i have the ability to breathe i have my body i have my own self to connect with and um so i was drawn to in two, uh, two directions. One was the, the Human Awareness Institute, also known as HI. I had gone to one of their workshops being drawn to like, oh, uh, my wife and I went at the time like, hey, let's do one of these workshops while we're out in California that we'll see like um, HBO's Real Sex. And <laughs> and it was,
2: uh, it was callback, a nice callback, Tony, deep cut on that one for me. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. <laughs>
2: the so days when you get a free HBO weekend and your parents went to sleep. <laughs> exactly, right.
3: <laughs> now it's like streaming everywhere on your phone. And so we went to this clothing optional workshop and the it was not about sex, it was about love and intimacy and people were being at choice and it was one of, I felt it was one of the safest places I'd experienced in my life.
0: Mm. And yeah. And
3: yeah, yeah. And so when we broke up, I was like, I remembered that because I was also, we broke up and I it was, everything was hitting at the same time. house was in foreclosure, brand new Jeep repossessed, income went to a 10th of what it was with the market crashing. And
0: it's
1: like I was crash like, crash
3: and burn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, um, it was the tower in the tarot cards and it was, every you know, it was like, get, yeah. Life was like this house of cards you built smack, (laughs) like smack it off the table. Um, Yeah, and it was there and in the study with APCT and that I began to feel like where I could work with what's real and and work with. Yeah, what's real. I'll just leave it there.
1: I just want to I just want to clarify for our audience what APTC is because um everyone's like, what is that acronym? It's advanced psychosomatic character therapy that all yeah. three of us on this podcast, Alex and I and and Tony previous have, have all um taken with our mentor mm-hmm. Kirk Hill. So I just wanted to yeah. clarify that because like, what is APTC? Yeah,
2: yeah. And and we try to demystify like words that we use a lot. So like Dark Knight of the Soul, how yeah. how would you both define that different than like a rough patch, which I think I heard it in Tony's explanation there a, a second ago. But, um you I know, like some it. people haven't heard these terms before, you know, dark night of the soul. Like, how is it different than just like, oh, I've had a few bad days. Mm, go for it, Natalie.
1: Well, I loved, I love the way you explained that it's like the tower. It's like spirit's going to come in and just crumble every construct that you think you are. It's like, nope. That's yep. not who you are. We're going to take that yeah. away because your worth is inside of right. you. It is not wrapped up in the constructs or the, the surface stuff.
2: Yeah. That you're doing for other people. But yeah. it's,
1: and it's painful because the, where, where I think the, the major pain comes from is the gripping onto that stuff. Yes. So let it, the, the pain is, is like the ego desperately gripping, holding, I can't let this go when you the letting go when you let go it's like love fills Mm -hmm. fills in and it's like oh it it, it's it's profound for me that's that's been my experience and i I feel like i've been through quite quite a few dark nights of the souls um in many different layers but yeah Mm -hmm. it's it people often think that the the pain is I don't know. For me, I'm going to explain it that the, the way that I feel it, it's the pain of holding on to it. It's like the ego is like I don't want to let this go, but the pain is that the the letting go is when you the real surrender. That's when it's like it's juicy and like it's soft and it's it's soft. It is yes. so soft in the body. You're just like. Oh. Oh, there I am that It's like that remembering of who you are for me, that's what it is. It's like when the dark night soul crumbles, it's like, boom, the light comes in,
3: yes, oh, I love the way mm-hmm. you wove all of that together you too, yeah, it's that grip, you know and it and, and it's. And I use that phrase too. It's like, where am I gripping on the things, either emotionally or with my body, and yeah, yeah, my ears, even my, you know, like my eye. Like, like, relax your grip, bro. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. Uh, but and and also with like the body work, like giving people massage. Sometimes they're holding on to things because it's that um, that's it's the. I was thinking, like, what people listening might be going like, oh yeah, that dark night of the soul. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, yeah.
0: Like, I'm not let's do that.
3: Yeah. Let's sign it up for that. Right. But it's not, the, it's, that's not the painful part. That's like the pain is avoiding it. And, uh-huh. and letting go is like the relief and the, on the other side of it is <sighs> pleasure and connection. And mm, it's, it, that's where it becomes like, um, I want to say sublime. And that to me is the, um, the metaphor of Kintsugi uh the japanese pottery form where they'll take a vessel and then break it and heal it with gold or, or yeah. fix mend it with gold that's like us humans but they value the the mended vessel the healing the healed vessel uh is worth more than the vessel that's never been broken wow and, yeah and so for the people that are listening what if your value was worth so much more than you think it is What if who you think you are is not who you truly are, or the the gift that you are to the world? And if you're even thinking like, I'm no gift to the world, yes, you are. And perhaps it's the letting go of those constructs that we think keep us safe, that will allow us to open up into the full, you know, blossoming of our lives (laughs) to get all, you
2: know, (laughs) Goosebumps, man. That was awesome.
1: Yeah. And I want to go back to what you said, like body work, because I mean, I love mm-hmm. body work, and me too. And during one of my previous dark nights of the soul, when I was actually um, just was in Chicago, um, when I was kind of uncovering a lot of my my wounding and my trauma, and we're going to see you, Tony. the The value of body work is is so important because you got into a part on my, on my <clears throat> trap in my neck. And as you were kind of like g- gently digging and kind of using your intuition, guiding in my energy in my body, you gently hit a, a spot on me. And that created a flood of mo like a big emotional release. And it, it was kind of triggering all of, all of not triggering, but it was bringing up a lot of the, the, the lack of memory and the traumas that I had not been able to access. And it's so powerful when you get into body work, how you can free somebody's experience in that. So I want to thank you dearly for that because it was a, it was a big moment for me in my, in one of my dark nights of the Souls.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, an, it's an honor. And thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the things I love about body work is that it's, no words, it doesn't have to be words. Um, And I've experienced in my own even somatic work with someone sitting across from me and they never touched me. But I had some feelings coming up about as I was just kind of meditating and feeling into my body. There was feelings coming up about um, my my son and how I want to do all of the things that I want. And, you know, like connection and being a great you know dad and those things. And but some real tenderness opened up. And my dear friend, Helen, uh, who's a, uh, a sage in her own right, and um, she was like, just notice, allow those fragile feelings to move anywhere they want in the body. They're just bringing information. Yeah. And as that information is acknowledged, then they're free to go. And you don't have to do anything about it. And so her coaching to me on that, I've taken to every other, you know, every other session, whether I say it or not, there is a um, that's intimacy, you know, I'll, and being uh, um, even being pre- present for someone own exploration into their into their inner world is it, it's an honor to be present for that. And it's not our uh, job to guide or I mean, we can companion, but yeah not necessarily hmm, prescribe or, you know, try to be like, it's got to be like this and this is what it's supposed to look like because that's mirroring the world that we are just breaking out of.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting you say that because it's like, I feel like we're, we're moving again into more of this divine feminine energy coming in where we're allowing and letting go, surrendering, allowing, letting go instead of forcing and fixing, forcing and fixing which is
2: a- I would also say it's more feeling as well bottom up rather than top down
1: yeah
3: mm, yeah yes there's um hmm. yeah I feel like there's a big like surge uh, for people are, are are going to be wanting more felt experiences like like what because in this world where you know, we have AI now that can write a term paper in three minutes or less. Um, bananas!
1: It's totally bananas that it's here.
3: It is. It's 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 really wild, and it. But it's also kind of like a what if everything you say you, is true? You know, like it's like it's like make it so. You know, it's like the holodeck from Star Trek. You know, or right. And it's like, and so all of this content is coming out from healers and coaches, and and humanity is going to be wanting more feeling, more, where do you bleed? Where is your, you know, and it's not about like creating pain, but it's about sharing on a real vulnerable level. That's what creates intimacy and that's what allows connection. And so I I feel like that's more than the, like the, you know, razzle dazzle, like here's my program for, you know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's more about (laughs) facilitating in, in, in purpose. and trying to create those um opportunities and so I'm, I'm actually kind of working on a not kind of i am working on a uh project this summer that is um uh, with the local athletic club um where i'm we're using their pool and uh, adjacent steam room to do clothing optional both some yoga practices and some um uh, contact improv like floating in the water uh, there'll be music in the water um, so that people can really drop into themselves and soak into the hopefully more so the frequency of who they are rather than it being about like trying to connect with others or and that's the part I've been sort of I've been sifting through is like how to present it so that it's not about like show up and get naked and connect with others and, or bring your partner. It's not a couples workshop. It's not a sexuality workshop. Yeah. It, it is about somatic safety. So mm. about emptying mm. trauma. It's about intimacy. It's about supporting each other in that space. It's about diversity, <laughs> the div- diversity of bodies, the diversity of human experience and that common container of like mutual support. So there's this thing about there's a saying about like I don't get naked in a setting like that to reveal myself to others I may choose to get naked in that setting to reveal myself to myself
2: oh i love that
3: and and That's i'm powerful. really that's the, that's the vibe I'm, I'm going for.
2: Um, it's it's one thing yeah. I admire about you, Tony, is like, you know, we're, we're talking about sex and sex is something, you know, I think we talk about it in a pornographic sense in some yeah. ways. And I think we're coming into like understanding our own sexuality better, but there's not a lot of people who do what you do and you're walking a very fine line. Um, especially, you know, Natalie and I've talked plenty of times. There's There's people that don't know how to use that energy and there's plenty of like weird uh you know we were actually referencing you in like one of the first episodes like you're one of these people who's so in line with themselves you know how to walk that line with your energy and you're you're i mean sexual energy you're it's for me it's like you're you're playing it's that part in spider-man into the spider-verse where like he's got his head in the blast radiator and then all the spider-mans come out from that fragmentary point right nice kind of like playing with sexual energy. And you are a master of walking that line. Um, so I mean, if anybody's going to do it, man, it's you because I don't I don't know anybody who does what you do. Mm,
3: thank you. And, and I've fucked up plenty of times. Like, <laughs> honestly, like I, I fumble, I you know, and like it's like, how do I realign? And how do I and I have people that I can check in with, you know, my circle. And like, that's what hearing that first that first um, podcast, and I, I, I I heard the reference. And I was like, Yes, that's, that, and like these are great questions to like really be able to um, be like, well, here's where I'm like, mm, like I'm trying to grow, or 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 where I think I may have fucked up, or you know these kinds of things, and I, and when I say mm, that's a whole that's a, that's a whole big thing, but what I'll say is that mm, I've had I've learned. I mean, there are different. Well, I'll go back to one other thing you said, Alex, and that was that uh, that like that's what do you call it? Where are they all the Spider Men.
2: It's um, you know, like the Kingpin's got this thing. It's like this nuclear accelerator or something where yeah. it's opening this hole into like other dimensions.
3: Yeah. 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 That's what sexual energy does. I mean, it creates whole humans. It create, you know, okay. sexual energy, it, and it creates worlds. and And so people are learning to do uh, what they call sex magic, or they're learning to do, you know, we're now beginning to call tantra, which is uh, some people call neo tantra. But tantra is like the it's the weaving together of all of the sacred and the profane.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so the first tantrikas were. They're like, we're not supposed to do drugs. We're gonna do all the drugs. We're not supposed to fight. We're gonna. We're, they would actually fight to find the sacredness within that conflict. And Sounds like
2: my kind of party.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they yep. called, they they were they were tantra thugs. That's what they called themselves. Wow. And <laughs> uh, and they were like, we're not supposed to have sex. We're gonna do all sex having. <laughs> and so, but out of that it was like weaving together the sacred and the profane, and, and in our Western society, we're more we can feel sexual energy, whereas we might, not, you know, when when some practitioner is like feel the energy of the lake or feel the energy of the tree, sometimes people are like, what? That's, you know, it, it doesn't there's no felt sense for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like people gravitate towards sexuality and sexual energy. And then it's like learning to let on grip, let go of our expectations our our hungers acknowledge the hunger yeah. it's okay to be hungry it's okay to block connection it's and okay love, to be horny
1: <laughs> I, but i love that because it's like you're really integrating the dark and the light the shadow and all these parts of what sex is and sexuality and and creator energy and you're holding it
3: all so what we um we're trying to do and i say we um like there are some teachers and um, facilitators that I know that we're working on doing that. We, we did a retreat last fall called Pleasure Alchemy. Uh, we're doing it again this fall in Saugatuck, Michigan, uh, over the uh, equinox. Um, yeah. And so we're going to have some rituals that will intended to create an environment of safety and vulnerability and not overt. I try to put things in the positive. But I'll say this, and, and not overt sexuality. It's it's more the positivity of being able to have all of the feelings and be able to to feel and talk and share, um, but then have the safety of like mm-hmm. not having to perform.
1: Gotcha. Can you give our audience a little bit more of an in depth kind of explanation of what pleasure alchemy is?
3: I think. Uh, yeah, I will try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've been. So to me, Pleasure Alchemy is using pleasure as feeling modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you described it very well. It's like bringing that softness on the other side of the dark end of the soul mm-hmm. to to the acute places that need healing as sort of as a um, catalyst or a safety container so that it's not, so that Pleasure Alchemy is about connecting to our desires, our inspiration, but also being willing to go into the void, the darkness, the, the places where we're wounded and acknowledge and then empty up, and allow. So that's the alchemy part. It's a transformational part. And that, as you were just mentioning, Alex, the the um, uh, or we were just talking about the, the how the spark of sexuality is like what creates whole humans. That's like that's the alchemy. That's the transformational part. So I hope I'm doing an okay job. <laughs>
1: you're, you're doing an amazing job. I, I, ha, I have questions that I want to dive into. For. Yeah, That's please. cool. Um, so when you think about um, the suppression of our sexuality in Western culture, how do you feel that that has shown up in such harmful ways?
0: Mm, wow. Oh, that, that's big.
1: I know. It's okay. like, where do I start with that one? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: This is a podcast. <laughs> that's
3: it's it's a huge thing, but it, I mean, and it's all connected. Like, right? So, sexuality, you know, is yeah. often related to our second chakra. Our second chakra is about all of our relationships with everything, including our relationship with ourselves. And for those who need, have felt a need to control, without getting into that was good, that was bad, right or wrong, there have been efforts. Mechanisms, dynamics put into place that have told people to settle down and act appropriately. Mm-hmm. And um, so, with certain, you know, po- political and religious things, um, it became inappropriate to have certain sexual practices. Or uh, let me try to like hone in on that a little bit more. Um, <laughs> it's 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 so ingrained, much like our religious. Framework is so colonized with white Jesus and you know and the moral majority who's neither and all of those these things without getting into like any kind of ranting um, there are people who uh, as a society we have taught people to only project from the chest up you know yeah the neck up yeah the neck
1: up the rationalization of everything
3: (laughs) yeah yeah rationalize everything and if you go below the neck only give it as love out to the world, but we're not taught to necessarily love ourselves. We're not necessarily taught to have strength and power. We're not taught about having healthy, pleasurable uh, sexuality. And that is what that neglecting it is what perverts things. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're hopefully growing up as a people <laughs> that, so that we can have adult conversations and open in clarity so that people can unpack where they have felt shame.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's that's what I always say that when things are suppressed or they're in the yeah. shadows, yeah. that shadow is going to drive you from behind. It's going yeah. to drive you in unconscious ways. And I think that a lot of what we're seeing is... A lot of our sexual behavior—it's not coming from a place of love, right? It is, yeah. Um, yeah there's a lot of um, programming to unpack in the in sexuality that I think is, if not, if there isn't a safe space for it, it's going to remain hidden.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think, is that what pleasure alchemy is, is like opening that space in a container of love so that you can explore all parts of sexuality and its nature and transmuting things that may not be in alignment with you?
3: Yeah, there can be definitely that that would be like a focus on sexuality. But there's also a place in pleasure alchemy for um, unpacking um, things that aren't necessarily that we may not see a direct connection to our sexuality. And um there are people who cannot speak of their genitals without saying down there you know, and it's like this other realm. You know, like you know, take me through uh, the Hobbit world or whatever to, to get to down there. You know, right? <laughs>
2: like, yeah, not to sound like a nerd, Tony it would be more like the dwarves, probably. But yeah, <laughs> land of the
3: giants. <laughs>
2: hey, I've been in your bathroom downstairs. I've seen that photo. <laughs>
3: But but yeah, I mean, like so so like um, being able to to talk about those things and without it necessarily being intrusive, or like oh my gosh, I have to talk about these things now. It doesn't, no, yeah. no. But if something is is showing up, and and we can have so I think by unpacking some of these things, and and Natalie, like to what you were saying, like I, you know, um, there was a, a person I can't, um, I think Elizabeth, uh, Markle. Said that unacknowledged hunger in men shows up as creepiness.
2: I know a few of those guys. Yeah. yeah. I've
1: experienced it right? of a few of those guys.
2: You know, <laughs> send me some of the dating profile pictures. It's yeah. crazy.
3: Oh my gosh. Right. And, and I, but in real true, real talk, I've been that guy, or at least felt like that guy. I haven't necessarily yeah. been like sending unsolicited pics and all those things, yeah. but, but being in a room and like having a hunger and not acknowledging it people will feel like oh my gosh this why is this energy is so intense or whatever so being able to acknowledge takes a certain level of vulnerability takes a certain level of yeah and I and think, that
1: I think what you just said right there actually really clarifies what pleasure alchemy is because it's taking our natural urges some of those mm-hmm. urges and not hiding them right Right. I mean, there's so much. Sh- there's so much shame around sexuality, or and there's yeah, there's there's so much to unpack in
3: it. Hmm. Hmm. There's one. Like, I, I'm. I try to think about like as I put together the materials to make it available to folks. Like, so if I were talking with you both, like, what would it take, and under under what circumstances? would you see yourself participating in any sort of clothing optional environment?
2: Um, for me, ha- having a spouse, there's part of me that feels like I have an obligation only to be naked with my spouse. Okay. I mean, like, it's it's different, like, I think if it was, like, uh, a sauna or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's weird on, like, some level. Like, for the, I, I speak for myself only that, like, you feel that that naked, your nakedness belongs to somebody else. Mm. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating.
2: That is. That's
1: a fascinating comment. Not a bad comment, not a good just fascinating. That's pretty profound what you just said.
0: It is.
2: Not all big jokes all the time, guys. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of that.
1: Yeah. I
3: I, 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 yeah, please go ahead.
0: uh,
1: I would. I would I would engage in something like that. I think the former part of me would not, but I mean, I'm, I'm single. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I can understand your comment, Alice, because if I was, if I was in a relationship, I would, I would not do that. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, that's just my, my preference, my ideals, maybe more my traditions. I don't know. But now being single, I would definitely explore that and, I guess depending on the person that I do bring into my life, if that is an option, maybe, I, I don't know, I'm open.
2: Well, and I think I think it's different if your spouse knows the facilitator, right? So my wife- In the wife,
1: context.
2: In the context. So so, so my wife, Viddy, had this great idea because like the Chicago dojo, you go up a flight of stairs. It's this gorgeous environment there on uh, West Chicago. And- it can be kind of intimidating. You know, we've got our geese on and then you're wearing like this hakama, which is this like samurai style skirt. And then you got people coming up to you. And my wife's like, so psychologically, you already have to come up the stairs. Then you have to interact with these people who are wearing these different type of attire. So they have kind of a status thing over you. And she's like, so what if there was just the meet and greet where you're hanging out with people without all your... You know the, the robing and stuff like that that makes you differentiate yourself. So you you bring people in so that they see you and they see the cool community for what it is and that they feel trusted that they can come back on the map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So eliminate the the barriers for intimidation.
3: Yeah, and I love the intent. What I'm hearing is the intent of honoring your relationship with saying we're only we're sharing. This is something that we only share it with each other and. Um, what you said about the uh, the, the 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 honorifics, the, the 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 clothes that we wear as a way of showing status or not. Mm. So, what if in a yoga class, and like Lululemon was like, oh, it's showing a certain level of status, or you know. Um, and what if, like your wife said, what if? Like we could go and hang out with folks without the things that separate us from being uh, ways that we it signal status.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody has to dress frumpy to get in.
3: <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> potato sacks <laughs> for everyone. Yeah.
1: yeah. Paper bags for paper bag yeah. princess. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so uh, as you're talking about all the many cool things that you do that make you who you are, Tony. Like, how do you? How do you even begin to bring people back to who they are?
3: Mm. Um, I think we've kind of touched on it a couple of times, but I would say emptying, emptying is like uh, helping to facilitate that. And sometimes people need to like come in and just like vent verbally and clear their head. Sometimes people need to have gentle energy work. Sometimes they just need presence and being heard. Sometimes they need touch, but it's. All designed or listen, listening, feeling in uh, is is the root word of con- the word consent. So cons- that's what something that's been really juicing my brain lately, and in a good way, is um, consent means to be present with someone and feel in sentier feeling in with each other, um, and that to me is part of healing. It's also part of when we do we talk about diversity work and balancing and creating equity that's part of bringing people back to who they are back back into balance um but it's also creating a sense of or helping to facilitate make it easier to feel like we belong and we can belong to ourselves first
1: mm. i love that yeah
3: me too And then from there, we can feel, we can feel into like other areas, you know.
1: Right. And that's like that coming back to the self and feeling. I can see in a lot of your work, whether it's in the pleasure alchemy workshops or the the naked yoga, you're really helping people feel so safe in their vulnerability that they love all parts of themselves in that moment that that's where that true connection starts to flourish.
3: Yeah, Natalie. I mean... Tony. I, I I'm real. I'm gonna be really, sh- um, you know, transparent. And like, one of my fears is that I'm performing, mm. and so I want to be authentic,
0: mm. and I want
3: to be, I want to belong in that first. And if I, and if I have people that I trust, like both of you, and I'm talking, I'm like, you know what? I feel like I'm performing right now. Is this, you know, and no. like, no, no, get out of here. You know, whatever. That's a that's another way of like holding each other. um So when you're holding someone's heart, and uh, let alone their sexuality, the the sexuality can be in the heart, but you're holding someone's heart, you're really holding a world, a universe. Mm -hmm. And we get to, I think there is real magic and potential in that, when we can, yeah, that that resonates, that makes sense you're not crazy, you're not wrong, you know, and like we get to discard all of those things where you've been gaslit by society and you know, like telling us what we're supposed to be doing and you shouldn't feel that way and whatever those are, you know, like, but when, with, when someone's present and holding that's it's intimacy, but it, and it's transformative. And I really do believe that we can affect the outer, the greater world from that potent place uh in in us uh, and i just want to like yoga used to be considered a martial art because yeah because yoga means to yoke together uh so when the practitioner is yoking within themselves belonging to themselves and practicing that form of presence it became impossible to be violent in their presence
0: wow whoa
3: yeah, and I, that's what I want to bring back, Jedi yoga. <laughs> that's
1: oh, I love that. I, I And I agree. I think the more, I mean, the, I think that's the purpose of all, of all of our work is, you know, bringing people back to themselves so collectively it changes the outer.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because there's so much content out there. There's so much. Oh. Frizzle frazzle. Frizzle frazzle that we yeah. can get lost in the sauce and like the work that you're both doing the so work that we're all doing is about bringing people back to themselves and, and back to what's real and, and building
2: from there. That's, that's that. exactly what we're doing with the podcast. That's what we're trying to do. That's all. That's the goal of it. Yeah, I think it's beautiful.
1: So Tony, if you where, what are you offering right now? Where can people find you? Where, like, tell us a little bit about where your, where your studio is, all that stuff, all that good stuff.
3: Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, well, I'm in uh, Northwest Evanston, Chicagoland uh, land near Northwestern University. I do Zoom um, all around. Uh, so I do virtual meetings, but I also travel uh, often to California and different places to do facilitation for DEI. Um, but people can find me and my social media on my website, uh, which is www.thelovewarrior.com. And um, the two projects that I'm most excited about um, and I'm really I'm, I'm practicing like pleasure alchemy uh, and I'm, so it's it's, you know, feeling into like so the first project is aquatic alchemy, which is the pool and sauna setting that'll be a clothing optional environment for people to uh, experience being in a weightless environment and also shedding some of the internal grip that we've been weight baggage that we've been carrying and we'll have space holders for that and consent monitors etc so i really want to make have that be a safe container the second project is um the pleasure alchemy retreat which is in saugatuck michigan and that will be from september 21st to the 24th Um, and that information will be up on my website before the weekend is out <laughs> um so and people can uh there'll be lodging and there'll be facilitators that will also be sharing their offerings and uh we'll have drumming and some ceremony and pool and etc
2: um sounds
1: amazing yeah. sounds wonderful
2: and and if you had so so we want to make sure everybody's doing homework as part of like they're practicing and we natalie and i are practicing what you're talking about Sophia. We're the students,
1: we're also the students. Yes. <laughs> eternal, <Yes>. eternal.
2: <laughs> Yay. Five yeah. minutes for us uh, and people listening to, to reconnect, to get a better sense of embodiment, or just in general, five minutes a day of something that would like a have tidbit. benefit.
3: Like a tidbit. A tidbit, sure. I'm going to say two things. Um, one is tune into frequency. Like We all emit a, a frequency. Uh, and we change the frequency when we walk into an environment. Oh, what I so what I mean by that is notice what's in your environment. Notice what's happening inside of you, and then the second part is notice what's heavy. Notice what's light. So if you were to, and this can be done anytime, um, preferably if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But otherwise, close your eyes and allow yourself to just notice without judgment the places in your body that feel more dense or heavy and begin to just allow that heaviness to be heavy and let it drop to the lower belly let it drop toward the tailbone and imagine or even move your hands or your arms to help it drop from the tailbone through your chair through the floor imagine it dropping all the way to the heart of the earth this is a peruvian practice where they say that only humans can create heavy energy Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> and which makes sense. But I, I love that they don't have a negative connotation to heavy. Right. Mm-hmm. And they say that when we give it that's away. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. Just
1: heavy energy. That's what it's it just is. just
3: heavy. Yep, yep. And so we, we can give it away and like let it drop into the heart of the earth without worrying about like, oh, I left my crap there or whatever. And um, so that's the emptying part. Just empty what feels heavy and then invite in. Use your imagination Kurt like to say, imagination, gives shape, form and texture to unformed mental energy. So imagine a stream of ease of flow, effortless flow coming in and pooling around your heart and let it be expansive, let it's effortlessly expansive and allow that to move into the places that once held heavy. And everything that's heavy, if you're a visual thinker, just see it dropping away like in beauty in nature. I like to envision leaves falling or flower petals dropping or fruit or sometimes I surprise myself <laughs> a mango.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. and you know Tony so every time we start this podcast um, with a guest, we before we hit hit the record button, we we do a. A, a kind of a guided meditation to make sure all of our energy is coherent that we're all not, not on the same page but just that you know we're we're in the same vibe
2: and unity without uniformity to quote another person we quote a million times
0: yeah yeah
1: and, yeah. and, and we, I actually, we actually actually yeah. asked um tony to do it before uh the podcast today and it was and beautiful it was a really beautiful meditation and I mean, I think it's testament to how well and beautiful this podcast flowed today. And we're so honored to have mm. you. What a beautiful conversation. And yeah, thank you so much. Our audience is going to love this wisdom.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And and to reiterate, Tony, thank you for your beauty, your work, your wisdom and, and your vulnerability, man. Thank you.
3: Thank you both. You really created a space where it felt safe to show up and just flow and not have to perform I just wish you both. Uh, this is. I, I hope that this continues to just emanate and you know find the people that it's meant to find. And if you're listening right now, that's you. And so, <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Anyway,
2: thanks. well, you're you're welcome back whenever you want, man. This is so much fun. I would love yeah. to
3: come back. I love to see you both.
2: Yeah. Was,
1: and so, if if you're um wanting to know more about Tony, um the the show notes will highlight all of his links and where you can find him. He's doing
3: incredible work and thank you so much for having being here on the podcast with us thank you thank you yeah love you love you too love you too
0: okay thanks for listening to this episode of the huffing spirit podcast remember you are your own teacher take what resonates and leave the rest for more
1: info follow us on instagram at huffing spirit podcast and subscribe on spotify or itunes Bye for now.